You're listening to Chewing the Fat On Demand. Welcome to it. To what you ask, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Yeah, that's right. You're on it. Thank you so much for coming around and uh, giving a listen today. If you're happy with what you hear, you know what, even if you're not happy with what you hear, subscribe, rate, and review. It's real simple. That's all you got to do. Done. You subscribe, you rate it, 20 stars, you review it, best podcast ever. You and I are good. Now, news last night was very disturbing, especially uh, after dinner. But uh, CTI Foods uh, in uh, Owingsville, Kentucky, uh, recalling approximately 29,028 pounds of frozen, ready-to-eat pork and poultry sausage links. Because it may be contaminated with extraneous materials. You don't want to chew on any of that. What it is could that, be though? Metal, pieces of metal, flakes, anything. That's extraneous materials. Some guy dropped a lunchbox in the grinder is what happened probably. Now, the frozen ready-to-eat sausage links uh, produced and packaged on August 4th. These are the following products. Uh, the four-ounce pouches, the 23... 0.4-ounce pouches of Jimmy Dean heat-and-serve original sausage links. Those are pretty good. I mean, those aren't bad. And uh, Jimmy's got to be mad. I mean, if he were alive, he'd be mad. But that's not that's a good product. So if you bite into your frozen Jimmy Dean heat-and-serve original sausage and you get that, <laughs> either spit it out and take it back or just swallow. I'll leave the jokes to you. A couple of fascinating crime stories that uh, I can't get out of my head. Uh, One were the nuns that embezzled money for over 10 years from the Catholic school in California. I mean, they were just deep pocketed money for 10 years. These two, the two nuns (laughs) go with God. And I'm deep pocketing your money. Amazing. They uh, they they took the money. They went on trips to Vegas. They were at the. Ca- they spent money at the casino. They're gambling. They're partying. Doesn't really say that they were partying. Just you know, it just says that they went to gamble. I don't know if they gambled in their nunnery outfit with the with the habit, the hobbit, whatever the hell they call it. But uh, what is, what do they? What is it? What is the nun? Is it the Hobbit? The habit? It's the habit, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't think they probably they might have been gambling with that on. I don't know. They don't have to wear it anymore, I guess, unless they're actually like, you know, it's kind of like the military, right? When they have to show up at church in their whole nunnery outfit, that's their uniform. When they're when when there's when they don't have when they're not at church, they just can wear anything, right? What is that the nun? Yeah, that's the nun. Because I've never seen a nun. I've participated and been a part of uh, Catholic private education uh, in the past, and uh, the nuns were never all hobbited out. They were never all hobbited out. They all, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. That's what they call it. That's what they call it. When there's funerals and stuff, they got to get all hobbited out. So anyway, these nuns, these two nuns, ten years. Took all this money from. I mean, they took uh, tuition checks. They would steal uh, from the. They'd steal from the pot, 
past the hat, deep pocketed into the whole into the whole nun pocket. And the nun, think about the the nun pockets are deep, right? If you're where if you're all, all hobbing it out, those pockets are deep. So the archdiocese says, "No, nah, we're not gonna. Nah, we're not. They're not facing any criminal charges, but, but." They're going to impose severe sanctions against these two nuns. What does that mean, severe sanctions? You cannot be all hobbited out for the rest of your life. And you have to say 50 Hail Marys every day. And you will dust down the pews every day in the church. That's all we're having. But you're not going to prison. I mean, that's amazing. Half a million bucks. They were just taking what they wanted, right? I mean, the total is really irrelevant. It's not, but it kind of is. I mean, half a million bucks to the Catholic Church, pfft, nothing, right? But they were just taking what they needed. Oh, we've got to go. We've got to go gamble this weekend. Zoop, half the pile into the old hobbery, down the deep pockets. Where they're off to Vegas. You guys off again? Yeah, we're off partying. That's tremendous. Good for the. I hope. I hope that this is something that uh, is uh, happening throughout the throughout America, like uh, the uh, you know the priest issue. I don't want to talk about that right now, but I'm just I don't want to compare the stealing of money to the whole priest issue thing because there really isn't any comparison. But the Catholic Church did investigate that on their own for a lot of years, and uh, nothing really happened. Just saying. I have a question in here. Yes. Um, were they singers as well? Because this sounds like a reverse plot of Sister Act. Sister Act? Yeah, this was Sister Act 3. Yeah. This was this was an independent film, is what this was. Actually, Sister Act 1 was great. Amazing. I love that Amazing movie. movie. I love that movie. I love that Don't movie. Don't start bad-mouthing Sister Act 1. And I've even been forced to sit through 2 from time to time. But one was great, and the the one girl. I mean, we could just we could talk about. I don't want to get into the deep, in depth discussion about Sister Act and Whoopi Goldberg. But this is when Whoopi was actually good, right? This is before she got all viewed out. But uh, I enjoyed. She was in another movie too called. Um, oh no, um, she was a she was a thief. She was a thief, and. The guy, what was the name of that stupid Whoopi Goldberg movie? Anyway, she was really good in it. I, I don't think she got any accolades for it or anything. I, I got to hold up. We're pausing the podcast right now because I have to find out the Whoopi Goldberg movie. It's called Burglar. And I really enjoyed that movie. She was great in it. And the people look, oh, I see that movie. She sucks. No, she was great in it. it was, that's when Whoopi was, that was preview. That was preview Whoopi. Once she got all viewed out, man, it was over. Now, Rhode Island, all of us have, you know, we were talking about uh, Catholic schools and Catholic churches, and that's how I became acquainted with the, you know, the Catholic church. Um, my whole, every, every in-laws that I've had in my life throughout the years have been Catholic. So I'm not technically Catholic, but I have been brainwashed the Catholic way and, you know, my oldest son went to private Catholic school for a lot of years. And so, I mean, I'm well aware of their, of their ways. But now, the one thing the Catholic Church didn't do, although they 
you know, charged a pretty penny for sending your kids to the school. A school district in Rhode Island, not a Catholic school, but a public school district in Rhode Island, has now hired a private debt collection agency to go after lunch money. I went, are they beating the kids with, with baseball bats? Hello? Is Millie here? Yeah. Millie, somebody's at the door for you. You're going to pay your lunch money, kid. I'm going to break your knees. Uh, that's that's pretty amazing. Now, I don't know if what happens if you, like, I've, usually what happens, right? We hear these stories all the time. Where the school, you go through the lunch line and the, the, uh, the old person, usually, uh, waiting at the cash register. Not always. Uh, you owe us money for lunch, and we're not going to give you lunch. I'm going to go ahead and give it to you today, but not tomorrow. That's usually what happens. And then you tell your folks, and your folks send in a couple of bucks, and you're good, right? So we hear the stories all the time where, you know, she hasn't paid for three months, and I've given her lunch, and now I didn't serve her lunch. So the day that she doesn't get lunch, the world ends, right? The day she doesn't get lunch, it's the cafeteria worker's fault. But they got to pay. I mean, somebody's got to pay for it, and I'm, I'm paying for most of it anyway as a taxpayer. So are you. So... I mean, these people should be paying. Should these school districts be hiring collection agencies to go after the kids? I know they're going after the parents. Don't look at me like they're not going after the kids. You don't know that. They could be waiting outside the school property after school's over. Come here. Tell your folks, you owe $5.25 for lunch. You don't pay? (laughs) Breaking your kneecaps. We'll see how good you make the swim team then. Get out of here. I mean, I'm not saying that all collection agencies do that. I'm just saying it's possible that uh, <clears throat> that could happen. Now, uh, for the district, uh, it's unpaid lunch balance of $45,000. I mean, we do need a collection agency. The district had previously required families to pay their full school lunch bill by the end of the school year, but many did not pay. They shouldn't be eating lunch. Over the past two school years, the district's unpaid balance, $95,508. No. I would start cooking up the best lunches America has ever seen at cafeterias. And if you haven't paid, you ain't eating. I mean, that's agonizing. I don't think Vito should be collecting from the parents, but that's a little out of control. Now, this is, obviously, this is an entire district. It's not like one little middle school. <laughs> one little middle school owes $800,000 in lunch payments. No. But the whole district, that's a, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty substantial amount of money not being paid to the schools. And the reason it's not being paid is because they're not enforcing the payments. It isn't, they don't need a collection agency. They need to make clear you don't pay, your kid is not going to eat. We'll give your kid a banana. We'll give your kid a banana or something. Or we'll give, yeah, we'll give him a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. He's allergic to peanut butter? Bummer. Bummer. Maybe they should peel off, they can have the slice of bread from the jelly side then. Okay, Sorry. That's what you're getting. We're not. We're not taking care of that too. 
That's agonizing. Pay your bills. Well, I hate saying that. Oof. That's tough for me. Because if you could get away with just eating for free, why wouldn't you? Right? You're going to school. They're not going to, they're not going to, they figure they're not going to not serve you. No way. You owe, you know, my kid would come home. Mrs. Johnson said we owe lunch for lunch. You forgot to pay for lunch. Now, in my world, that means I have to go pay for lunch. I got to go, you know, I give, I have to go into the school and I got to pay them the money for the lunch. Here's some lunch money. In a lot of people's world is like so. And they just can continue to feed them. But $95,000 worth, mm, something needs to be done. I don't know what. I guess a collection agency. We're sending Vito out to collect lunch money from these little kids. That's a bad sign. And it is in New Jersey, too, so. Ooh. Yeah, big time. Big time. We went to Doc. They just they just put uh, they just put the the mobsters in jail the other day because Anthony Grotto, a member of the uh, Lucchese organized crime family, and Lawrence Tranese, an associate of the Lawrence Tranese, what? An associate of the Colombo organized crime family were sentenced twelve years, forty months. Twelve years, forty months. Twelve years, forty months. Why would they be sentenced to? Anyway, um, for conspiring to distribute oxycodone that they had obtained through fraudulent prescriptions. Now they also ordered them to pay back seventy thousand, Grotto seventy thousand, and Trinice twelve thousand. Oh, I see. Wait a second, uh, Grotto, he's the bad guy. He's the guy you. He's the guy you want collecting lunch money. Okay. Uh, to 12 years, and uh, Trenese got uh, 40 months, yeah, which was really, why not just say that he got a couple of years. Nice, shut up. Shut up. It's like three years. Three years, four months. Do you want some more math, or are you okay? I mean, I, I, I'm like 18. I mean, I, I got the joke, okay? But I, I can't Add and subtract. Piss me off. A little bit of the show. So they go to jail for this. But the fascinating part of the story is they had the dock wired, right? And they, but this was undercover. This was undercover sting to try to get these guys. So together, they gave uh, the Brooklyn-based doctor names of people for whom the doctor should write prescriptions. I don't know where they got the names from. The graveyard. From the hospital morgue, who knows? And the doctor complied. I love this part of the story. Usually without conducting any physical examinations. He didn't need to conduct physical examinations. It was illegal from the point one. He was just writing illegal prescriptions. And he was doing it because uh, the Grado and Tranisi uh, told, uh, look, you're going to write these prescriptions, and uh, no one, no one is going to touch these, touch these uh, prescription pads but me. All right, you and me. That's it. Somebody tries to take the the prescription pad. No, it doesn't happen. In fact, after he told the doc that somebody tried to take the prescription pad, and he wouldn't let him take it, so he got stabbed from the guy trying to take the prescription pad. I'm sure Grotto had him killed. 
And also on tape, Grotto told the doctor, I'm gonna, I'll make you write a thousand freaking scripts a day. You don't like it, I'll feed you to the freaking lions. Now that is who you want collecting lunch money. All right, I am thirsty. That's what I am. I'm thirsty. Let's go to the break room. I need a drink. Oh, have I ever told you how good a cold Coke Zero is? If I ever told you that, because if I haven't, just let me tell you that. I don't think every day. I don't think I say that every day. I don't think I do. I don't think I do. Yeah, let's do that. Let's roll the tape. Mr. Smarty Pants, improve me correct. So as long as we're in the break room, let's talk about uh, Kathy Lee Gifford. Sad news, leaving the Today Show. Yep, gone. Goodbye. Have a nice day. Uh, 11 years, uh, over a decade, co-hosting the fourth hour of uh, NBC Morning Staple. Her exit was announced to staff uh, today. Now, via the memo from NBC News, it's with mixed emotions. It's with mixed emotions that I share the news. Kathy Lee Gifford has decided it's time to leave today. And by that, I mean not only the show, but get out. As as we all know, Kathy Lee's plate has been overflowing lately with film, music, book projects. Has it? After giving us 11 extraordinary, she's been on that stupid show 11 years. 11 freaking years. How much money they paid her for that stupid show with her and Hoda agonizing. (sighs) Anyway, he continues. When we first launched this incredible hour, right? I mean, it's the fourth hour of today. It, It took a genius to... Maybe we should just add another hour. We'll call it the fourth hour of today. That's genius. No one could have predicted the lightning or rather wine in a bottle that is Hoda and Kathy Lee. How do, these, these people agonize me. Whether in studio or on one of their many road trips, they have delighted our audience with their distinct brand of fun, friendship, and adventure. During that time, Kathy Lee has cemented her status as one of the most enduring, endearing talents in morning television. In short, she is a legend. And in a shorter note, get out. Take you and your little Kathy Lee Gifford books and film and movies and hit the bricks. We got rid of what's her face? What's her name? You know, Fox News. Megan Kelly. And now we got rid of Kathy Lee. We're getting rid of them all. Anybody, all of you. You look, you look like you're Fox. Get out. Plus, Kathy Lee. Now, I love her. I know. You look like Fox News. Get out. But, that was just a joke, but might be something there. But what, what it really is, is that what it really is, and Kathy Lee probably won't do this because she's, you know, she's made a fortune and she needs, she needs NBC a lot less than they need her. But she is clearly, 
They're getting a little long in the tooth. And there's only so much work you could have. There's only, I, I know that, you know, she's beyond the three cuts to conflicts because she's close. She's close. She's not there. And I love her. I love Kathy Lee. Don't get me wrong. Don't look at me like that. I love her. But she's, you know, she's on the teetering on that, on that clown face edge. Yeah, she's teetering. Pretty close. And she is pretty close. I mean, it would take, I mean, another another five-year contract with NBC, clown face. Done. I do have a question. Since you <laughs> like her, where does she fall on the scale of Lesser Holt? Is she more or less than Lesser Holt? I mean, are you serious? Yes, I'm dead serious. Because I, I want to know, where does where she uh, fall under? Below the great Lester Holt. Don't. don't even. There's no question. Lester, Lester Holt is the head of NBC News. This is today. I mean, please. I'll think. I mean, Kathy Lee would, you know, she would think at some point in her career that, oh, that's just Lester. No. No, 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 no. Back up, Kath. Back up, Kath. So incredibly stupid. All right. Oh, yeah, we're in the break room. So let's talk. I do have some CDC news, some some tremendous CDC news. So this is going to help you through the holidays. All right. This holiday season, and this is direct from the, the CDC. And if you don't know what that stands for, it's the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Duh. Now, is taking this holiday season to remind all you bakers out there that eating or tasting unbaked products could make you sick. Flour, raw eggs can contain bacteria and salmonella. Flour is typically a raw agricultural product. This means it hasn't been treated to kill germs such as E. coli. Harmful germs can contaminate grain while it's still in the field or at other steps as flour is produced. Yeah, Bill might have to, I don't know, throw his lunchbox in or something. You never know. So what they're asking you is, don't eat raw cookie dough. Just say no to raw cookie dough. You know what I, CDC, just say no to no, I'm not going to not eat raw cookie dough. Wait, that doesn't really run roll off the tongue. How about, hey, I'm going to eat your raw cookie dough. Tough freaking deal, CDC. Stop it. My wife. Makes cookies all the time. It makes cooks cookies all the time. And there's always cookies. We gotta take cookies here. We gotta take cookies there. We gotta make cookies here. And you know, you can't just. It's a law that if you make cookies in a house that I'm in, I have to eat some. It's a. I mean, that's. I'm, I'm pretty sure that. It might not have made it to the original Constitution, but it's in the Bill of Rights. Cookies made in my house, I get. So. And you know we eat. I, I may I may walk by the raw dough from time to time, and you know test it. I was hooked on the tubes for a while. I know that comes as a surprise. 
<laughs> I know that comes as a surprise. But I was hooked on the tubes for a while. Man, those things could get addicting. I could remember getting down to the... Nah, never mind. I won't go into it. If I, if I start talking about it, if I start talking about cutting it in half, and then, then what you got to do is you... The easiest way to go about it is, is to cut it in half, and then you eat half of the half, roll it up, you're good. And you don't throw out the end. You know, if you cut the end off, the one half, you still have plenty of cookie dough in that end. The way the, the, way the company crickles up and packages the cookie dough so it squeezes that end together, there is all kinds of cookie dough in that end. You open that thing up, there's all kinds. Of, yeah, oh, don't throw that away. That's a waste. So a man in Westford, Vermont, decided to retaliate against his enemies, and uh, he got a little he got a little mad uh, with his with people in this town. He was a little mad at him, um, so he uh, he built an eight thousand square foot garage so he could move his truck repair and uh, recycling businesses to his own property. But uh, Westford, the town, uh, said, uh, "No, we're not going to give you a permit. Uh, you're not. We're not giving you a permit." You can't do it. They've been battling for this building for over 10 years for this guy. This guy wants to do business on his own freaking property. So he's now had it. All right. So he uh, he got a monument constructed. It's a 700-pound block of pine. It's cut out with in the shape of a hand giving a finger. And he's... Put it on top of the 16-foot pole. Cost him four grand. And he put floodlights on it. And he's given the whole town the finger now. 24-7. I am in love with this guy. Money well spent. Absolutely money well spent. As we're walking back to uh, get back to work, I know we were in the break room just putzing around a little bit, but uh, I want to tell you about uh, an opportunity that uh, we have for you to win uh, Elf on the Shelf and uh, Scout Owls. We got all kinds of we got Scout Owls, we got Elf on the Shelves, we got DVDs, we got CDs, we got the we got the the dog, the Saint Bernard dog to give away. I don't have the reindeer though. I'm a little disappointed about the reindeer. I got to stop talking about that because it kind of ticks me off that I don't have the reindeer. But we have the dog and we have the elf, and we have uh, what do we have? We have the movie. And we have the we have both movies, and we have do we have a the music? No, we don't have the music. We have both movies, and we have a little outfit for the elf on the shelf, and then we have two elves that we're about to give out that we were given permission to give out. Okay, so uh, I need pictures of where these elves are going to live, and then you just hashtag it elf on a shelf or scout elf. Don't shake your head. Just. Just say what I what they need to do. They need to hashtag chewing the fat and hashtag scout elf. That's what I just. So hashtag it scout elf and chewing the fat, and uh, we'll be giving those away on Friday. Selfies are a big deal. Selfies are a big deal. You know, everybody takes selfies. Everybody wants to take a shot. Hey, excuse me. I'm such a fan, and my mom's going to be so surprised that I ran into you. Let me take a shot, a selfie with you. You see people taking selfies all the time. People have died taking selfies. I mean, you've got the, you have the, the, the selfie arms that you can hold the phone, which actually is kind of a cool product. And, uh, I mean, even Barack Hussein, God-awful Obama showed off the selfie stick, agonizing as it was. 
So now there's a there's a big deal happening because a couple who have taken selfies before around the world, uh, and they take uh, pictures, selfies of themselves appearing to have sex. Uh, maybe not even completely naked, but like the girl takes off her top. I'm not, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying, but she just has she has her, her undergarments on, and so. But now, now there's trouble. There's trouble right here in River City with a capital T, and that rhymes with P, and that stands for pool. Name that movie. There's trouble right here in River City. The capital T, and that rhymes with P, and that stands for pool. It's a classic movie called The Music Man. It's a music. It's a musical called Music Man. And uh, look it up. Look it up. I don't know when it was filmed. I think probably The Music Man. I bet you 56. 76 trombones in the big parade. We've got trouble right here in River City. <laughs> Tell me what year it was. Go on. Come on, come on, come on. 1957. I was close, man. I was close. I knew it had to be right around there. Okay, so back to the pyramids. <laughs> so this couple goes to Egypt, and they're wandering around, uh, wandering around. And uh, the woman, who of course has her face pixelated in the selfie, and she takes her top off, and she still has her undergarments on, and it appears like they're having sex. All right. Now they say in this article that they waited in the pyramid complex until it became less busy and then they began their 460 foot climb and they began their 460 foot climb now it says that it took them about 25 minutes to reach the summit i don't know i don't know if it's worth it now, they, f- they feared to be spotted by many guards. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Now, they said they didn't film anything for several hours sneaking around the plateau. <laughs> what a bunch of doofuses. So they reached the top. And this is where they... <laughs> now, they have audio of them climbing. All right, now, I think that in this... Well... Look, this is a podcast, Chewing the Fat. We don't have video. Don't tell me it's video in my ear. I know it's video, but it's audio with it. And people don't care about the video, unless I happen to tweet it out at Jeffy MRA. The, uh, so they, they videotaped themselves. We have the audio from that video. Ugh. And this is what it sounded like. It's riveting so far. Is that old? Now if I'm as nasty. This is not the sex video. This is them climbing. Seriously, it's riveting. Wait, what? That's, 
did he actually just say that? So he uses the F word, you know, like, <sighs> that didn't mean that the, he wanted to do it. That means he was ready to die. They, she took that the wrong way. That's when she took her sweater off. He's like, <sighs> oh, okay. No, I'm dying. I'm dying on the summit of this stupid pyramid. But, hey, let me tell you something now. Don't be messing with the Egyptian people, man. Because uh, the Egypt's antiquities minister, Khalid Al-Anani, he is pissed. Khalid Al-Anani. The antiquities minister. I bet you he has a badge and everything. Khalid Al-Anani, antiquities minister. You don't want to mess with Egypt, man. We landed, I can tell you an Egypt story. When uh, we went to Israel, and we were flying back from Israel, going to South America, going to South Africa, and so we we were in a we were in a, a, a private plane that we went from Israel to we were going to fly to South South Africa, and we had to refuel, and we refueled in Egypt, and when we were going to land in Egypt, the pilot comes back and goes, "Keep your windows closed. They may board the plane." If they board the plane, don't say anything to them. Don't look out the window. And we're just going to fuel and we're out of here. So we land in Egypt and, you know, I mean, how can you not open the window? Duh. A little bit. Just that little. It's that little sneak. They're not going to be able to tell that the light is shining through that little crack in the window. They will never be able to tell me. Bullet in my eye. and uh, But they'll never be able to tell. So I peek out a little bit. And... We are surrounded by Egyptian military, and they are—they are not messing with it. They didn't board. They didn't. They did not board. Uh, you know, the pilot had all our all our passports and everything. So I mean, he just went out and did his business, and we refueled to get out of there. But there's no—you'll be messing with that. And Khalid El Nani might have been there. Egypt's antiquities minister might have been there. He might have been with his arms crossed. He might have been the guy that I just looked out the window a little bit of the military. There was one guy there with his arms crossed. That was Khalid El Nani. So, you remember, um, geez, it's been a couple of weeks now, two or three weeks, when we had the uh, Mercury One Gala, and one of the giveaways was uh, the Mercedes-Benz, and, uh, you know, for 100 bucks, you win the car. Now, I was positive I was going to win that thing, positive I was going to win that thing, and uh, apparently, they drew another name, but... We have uh, Rick Rudolph and uh, Paige Wester here. Now, Rick was the one whose name was drawn uh, to win the Mercedes-Benz. Now, you both are from Tampa, right? That's Welcome correct. to the show. Welcome yep. to Chewing yeah, the Fats. Good to see you. Thank nice you. to meet you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so nice of you to come all this way to give me the car. <laughs> I mean, that is, that is so nice of you. I mean, you. All you had to do was call. But, Jeff, you're my, you're my, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. But you're not giving me the car. No, you're not getting the car. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, thank you for coming. I appreciate it. Now, yeah. you came all the way here uh, from Tampa. Tampa, yeah. Uh, you flew in. Uh, first of all, I miss being in Tampa. I love Tampa Bay. I, my, yeah. my heart still lives there. Yeah, um, nice. where, where do you guys... What, no, I'll talk to you off the air about where you live. But uh, the um, 
You came in. They have the car for you. Have you picked it up yet already? You've got well, the. Have you picked up the Benz? Yeah, flew in yesterday, and I I said we better pick this car up tonight if we can because we're going to be down here. And they they we last night we picked it up seven thirty. Nice. We drove yeah. our dealer and nice. we were on our way. So did you have some sort of deal with your dad that uh, hey if you win it's mine? Was that the deal? <laughs> no, he's just really the one of the kindest, most generous oh, people oh, I know. I loved you so much. <laughs> My car got pretty banged up. I got rear-ended pretty bad, Ooh, and I'll let the jokes go. You know, okay. <laughs> it it, it I, the car was pretty close to totaled, so oh, it'll be terrible. really nice to have a new car. I've been to in drive a, a couple of those in my life, and they're not fun. No, are you okay? I'm okay now. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. What happened? Well, I I had had a lung issue, so my lung collapsed after the accident, so I had to go in for surgery. A little help. Yeah, it's yeah. okay, but they got me fixed up, so good. I'm good now. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And so because of that, you said you were going to uh, buy a ticket. Did you only buy one? I bought five. Okay, good. Good. That makes me feel a little bit better than my only one. <laughs> yeah. Four more chances. <laughs> but it worked. I mean, hey, it worked. that's a nice car for 500 bucks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, it. I mean. Well, yeah. You had to pay plus, plus, tax, plus taxes. Income ta- yeah. Plus great taxes, deal. title. It was a great was. deal. Shipping. We had to put the wheels <laughs> on it. We had to put the engine on it. We got, For 500 bucks, you get the Mercedes-Benz emblem. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I called her a couple weeks before. Right. I sent the money in. And I said, I'm, gonna, I, I'm sending the money in for the raffle. I'm going to get you a new car. That was fantastic. And then and when it, I got to, I was traveling and I got a phone call from Liza and she said, you won the car. I mean, you knew it. You knew it already, right? So I called Paige and said, Paige, I got your car. Got your car. We're going to, yeah, we're going to Dallas. Right. We're going to Dallas. We're going to Dallas. Nice. Yeah. Well, there's. Uh, it'll be nice to be driving around Tampa Bay and uh, see some waters and have that uh, have the uh, the Gulf of Mexico shimmering off of the side of that Mercedes Benz. It will. It, it will. will be. So, are you driving back today? You just came. You just flew in to pick up the car and then you leave. Ben, You're not well, even going to hang out in Dallas. The, well, if, no, no, no. We came in to pick up the car and see you guys. And, oh, that's yeah. so nice. That's the big part. Well, I'd like to say congratulations and I'm really happy for you, but I am not. <laughs> <laughs> I am not, and that car should have been mine. Okay, so the next time you're driving around Tampa Bay and you're going across the Gandhi Bridge, I'll think of you, you think, oh, this is Jeffy's car. That's right. Jeffy's right. Car. Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate it. You guys were good. Thank you for supporting Mer- yeah. uh, for Mercury One, and thank you for supporting us. And uh, I really appreciate it. And I'm so happy that someone who really uh, knew it was going to happen and needed it for a great cause won yeah. uh, instead of some dolt like me. But <laughs> I mean, it's wonderful. I appreciate it's it. It's been a thrill meeting all of you guys. It's uh, been a great time. I appreciate great it very time. much. Thank Absolutely. you. Congratulations. Thank you. Good people. Sometimes. Sometimes it makes you wonder whether being the good Samaritan works. You want to help people, right? I mean, people are hurt or you're in an accident and you have to stop and help people. You just have to. So when a car in front of this man, Benjamin Davis, swerves out of control, flipping into a ravine in Washington, D.C., he stops to help these people. He said this one guy is hanging out the passenger side door, and unfortunately, his friend was crushed in the crash. Okay, so but he helps the survivor out, drags him out of the car, and drags him to safety. 
All right? Now, the guy, Davis, who lives in Baltimore, drives to D.C. every night. Go to work. So after, you know, the, he calls the rescue people get there. The police get there. He has saved this guy. He talks to the police. He tells them what happened. He, he says, I'm, I'm, you can go. Go to work. You can go. Okay. So he goes. He gets about a block away, and he gets pulled over by the D.C. police. The D.C. police say, hey, um, you're being detained because you are a witness to a vehicle where someone died in an accident. Yeah. Now, he didn't say this. I would have said this. Yeah, I know. I already told your partners all of that. He was nicer. They made him wait for two hours. They questioned him again and again, like he was one of the, like he was the culprit. Then they say, uh, you know what? Uh, we're going to take your car because your car was part of this scene. So he wasn't involved in the crash. His driver's license is active. His car is registered and insured. They did not give him any citations, but they took the impounded his car because his car was parked wrong on the expressway where they had pulled him over to question him about the accident where he saved a man's life. And as of this story last night, the D.C. police have not commented on the story. I hope what happens is that this guy's car just shows up in front of his house with a little bow on it that says, sorry, full tank of gas for you. Take care. Because that is one way to stop a lawsuit. If not, D.C. should should be owned by this. That is embarrassing. Embarrassing. You know another thing that's embarrassing? So I'm listening to Pat Unleashed this morning. And he plays this clip. What's it from? It's from MSNBC. And Stephanie Rule, and I love, I mean, Stephanie Rule is you, when she's on, you can't pull me away. And if I have to be away, I mean, DVR. Me and Stephanie, like one. Uh, so he plays this clip and he comments about it. It's an agonizing clip. All right. Then I hear Glenn Beck. Play the clip later in the morning. And he comments because it's an agonizing clip. Neither one of them comment about the guy's comments. They all comment about her comments. All right, so what she's talking about is the White House chief of staff shortlist on who they're going to pick from, right? And this is what she had to say. And I know, look, I know I'm sorry for the politics. I'm sorry for the politics. I really am. But it just this right here is drives me Insane, And it really isn't politics that I'm arguing about, okay? But the story is wrapped around a political story. So here's, what's her name again? Yeah, yeah, Stephanie Rule. She slipped my mind. I, I mean, Stephanie and me. Ooh. You and I, I uh, talk Stephanie. about business all oh, the yeah, time. Oh, yeah, that's Stephanie right there. Yeah, you that's a major me. position. And the six people that they have put out okay. who are shortlisted. Go ahead. No, no, no are all white guys. I cannot think of one single public company right now that if they had an open senior position like that or a board She's seat, right. you would never in 2018 see that the shortlist... Okay, stop is- it right there. She's right. I want to stop it before this guy comments because she's right, all right? 
in America today, if that were to happen, people would have a fit. They already are. No, there's no women. There's no black people. It's agonizing. Agonizing because it should be and always supposed to be the right person for the job. Whether you're brown, black, blue, fat, thin. I mean, fat. They don't really like fat people. I, I've, I'm a prejudiced against. I get prejudiced against all the time. All of it. I, in fact, I should sue is really what I should do because I'm, I, anyway, so she's right. But then the guy who, do we know who the guy is that she's talking, that Stephanie's talking to? Cause I know Stephanie don't look down to me. Like I didn't know it was Stephanie real Jeff Bennett. Okay. So Jeff Bennett says exactly what they fight against. Exactly. Every single Stephanie and Stephanie lets it ride. And he's a black man. It's unbelievable. Okay, here we go. Is one, two, three, four, five, Listen six white guys. That right, even if you're not going to pick the, somebody else. Correct. Usually Correct. put them on the list. Just but, for- but Thank that- you. That, right, even if you're not going to pick the guy, you usually just put him on the list. That's exactly what they say. That's exactly what they, the people who say that we're all prejudiced, say. Oh, you don't mean it. You just put him on the list. You I'm don't wrong. mean I'm it. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. That was not the black guy. That was uh, Velshi, the co-host of the show that said that. They they made Stephanie get a co-host? Yes. Well, hold on. What the hell? When did this happen? I, this pisses me off. Okay, so this is this is not Jeff Bennett, though. All right, so Jeff, I apologize. All right? You're a good guy, I think. Maybe not, but I don't know. Okay, so who is this? It's Velshi, uh, her her co-host. Velshi. I love Velshi. Ali Velshi. Ali Velshi. Love Ali Velshi. How long has he been with, how long did they force him on to Stephanie? They started together. They've been together this entire time. Those bastards. <laughs> they climbed pyramids okay, together. So, all, jokes aside, seriously, this is what, this is what, this is what everyone complains about, that even if you do, they don't mean it, they just put you on the list. And that's what he said. Oh, even if they put you on the list, yep, even, they're not even going to pick the black guy. Not once. They just put him on the list. It's just, it's just for looks. Yeah, let me, let me hear. This is Ali Velshi, who's co-host with Stephanie Rule. That pisses me off that she's got a co-host, but go ahead. Is one, two, three, four, five, six white guys. That right, even just, if you're not going to pick the, somebody else. Correct. Usually correct. put them on the list. Correct, but, correct, but correct, correct. She's not even that, listening to him. Not, not a word did she hear out of him. She's All she's thinking about is what her... They didn't pick a white guy. They, they didn't pick a black guy. It's only a white guy. Well, only white guys. There's not an Asian. There's not a black guy. There's not a female. All white guys. Right. Even if you're not going to pick them. Even if you're not going to pick a white guy or a dumb broad or some guy from Japan. You put him on the list. Right, Steph? I mean, that is agonizing. All right, I'm sorry, though. I have to take a deep breath now. If you live in Texas, um, tonight, you might go dark just for a few seconds because, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, in Texas, we've got uh, got an execution happening tonight. And uh, it's possible just for, you know, at the the right time, you're going to hear... 
and uh, your lights are going to go dark. And you know, Texas is not its own power grid, so it's not them. It's not me. I don't complain to me. And I have no idea why the lights will go dark since uh, this guy's getting lethal injection. <laughs> I have no idea why the, I don't know how the, that's some new juice that they're making for the death row inmates that uh, actually causes power shortages when they shoot it into your veins. Weird. So this guy uh, shot uh, 25 years ago a newlywed who was attacked. He attacked he and his wife on a jogging trail, and he killed them. Alvin Brazil Jr. He's the 24th inmate to put to death uh, this year in the U.S. and 13th executed in Texas, which, uh, by the way, is uh, the nation's busiest uh, capital punishment state. Uh, thank you. I'm happy about that. I, I got look. If you do something horrific. And the you've been found guilty of it. I, you know, people argue all the time that they shouldn't. You know, we shouldn't have the death penalty because what if it was wrong? Okay, well, this guy's been in um, in jail since uh, 1993. Okay, um, I think that's long enough. I think we've we've gone through all our all our ways to figure out whether he's actually the one or not. In Texas, we found out that you don't get a last meal, right? In Texas, you get uh, what they serve. They don't get the special deal. So at one of our new sponsors here on the broadcast uh, for uh, Chewing the Fat, and I'm happy to have him on board. Um, well, instead of just, uh, you know, I, I don't want to tell you the whole thing. Otherwise, it'd just be two commercials back to back about the same product, Right. Hey, fellas, welcome to the Death Row Diner. My name's Bonnie. Can I take your order, please? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm going to have the uh, number five, the Ted Bundy. Oh, great choice, the Ted Bundy. That's steak, eggs, hash browns, and hot coffee. That's one of my favorites. And for you, sweetie pie? Yeah, what's your special for today? Today's special for $9.99 is the John Wayne Gacy platter, which is my favorite. It's fried chicken, fried shrimp, french fries, and fresh strawberries. It's really, really good. Well, shoot, Bonnie, that does sound good. I think I'm going to get me that. Okay. And what can I get for you, honey? Yeah, I'm just going to have me the Gary Gilmore. Okay, Gary Gilmore, one six-pack of beer coming up. Get your butt down to the Death Row Diner. We're serving up all your famous last meals of your favorite Death Row convicts. The Death Row Diner is just two blocks from the state prison, east of the trailer park, right on Electric Avenue. It's fun family dining at the Death Row Diner. Delicious last meals, home cooking style. So, uh, thank you for becoming one of our new sponsors here on Chewing the Fat. Uh, they uh, actually, like uh, other restaurants that you've heard on this network, uh, like Heaton has uh, Heaton has his uh, restaurant, uh, uh, Snuffies, right? Snuffies, right? That they deliver you food on a horse. But the one thing about the Heaton's restaurant, whatever, I'm going to tell you a secret about uh, Death Row Diner. Death Row Diner has some has some stuff you can order that's not on the menu. You just have to know about it. Okay? Snuffies doesn't have that. Right? So, like, if you were to go in there and look at the menu, you heard them advertise some of their menu, but if you look at the menu, you go, oh, that doesn't really sound good. Oh, wait. All right, and you want to write these down when you go into Death Row Diner. Okay? You want to order, this is not on the menu, the Teresa Lewis. The Teresa Lewis. She, that deal... The Teresa Lewis meal is fried chicken, peas, and butter, apple pie, and a Dr. Pepper. All right. Now, that's a pretty good meal. 
that's not on the menu, but you can order it if you ask for the Teresa Lewis. You can order the uh, you can order the Alan Lee Davis. Uh, Davis. The Alan Lee Davis is a, a one lobster tail, fried potatoes, half a pound of fried shrimp, six ounces of fried clams, half a loaf of garlic bread, and thirty two ounces of A and W root beer. That's not on the menu. That's not on the menu, but Alan, I mean, you look, they'll probably know if you just went in this and you secretly said, yeah, I want the ALD, they'd know what you meant. And one last thing that's on the menu that a lot of people don't get, and I don't know, I don't know why it sounds so good, is the Victor Fueger. Uh Victor, and he just calls, we just call it the Victor. Uh, his, uh, his meal was a, a single olive with a pit still in it. A lot of people don't order that, but that's not on the menu. You can't get it. You can't get it. Now, Vic had the single olive with a pit still in it because he had hopes that the the pit would grow into an olive tree out of his body. Um, pretty sure. Pretty sure that it didn't happen. Pretty sure it didn't happen. Now, it's possible, though, because he was hanged. He wasn't fried. He wasn't juiced. So he was hanged. Although, when you get hung, a lot of things come out of your body. So I'm guessing I could be wrong that the olive with the pit still in it came out. So the whole tree thing went down the drain. I can't. I can't. We're, I can't. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can follow me uh, on Facebook, uh, Jeff Fisher Radio, uh, and uh, Instagram, Jeff Fisher Radio. You can email me at uh, chewingthefatattheblaze.com, uh, at JeffyMRA on Twitter. Still got your chance to win uh, Elf on the Shelf, hashtag Scout Elf, and ch- hashtag Chewing the Fat. Just send me a picture where the elf is going to live. All right, I want to know, know it's going to have a good home. All right, I don't want to see your little your little friends getting ready to waterboard it. I don't want to see your little friends getting ready to hold it over the fire. I don't want to see your little G.I. Joe with his knife out ready to cut Scout Elf. No. No, I want to make sure the Scout Elf has got a good home. All right? So, hashtag Scout Elf, hashtag chewing the fat with a picture for a good home. See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 